as you should know, I have a new job. There was a guy who applied for a job in Zoom. And this guy applied for a job and the guy said, well, we have all the jobs taken except the monkey. So, but we would able to pay you so much money. And uh, if you do this, all you need to do is come before the zoo opens, we will give you a monkey suit and uh, the kids will come, they will give you bananas and peanuts and you just swing in the uh, in, in the swing inside the cage and uh, we'll be paid. And you look at his bonus and all the incentives that he gets, he thought it's a good job. So he took that job and he went to the uh, zoo company and he put on the zoo, uh, the monkey suit and he went into the, the cage, he was swinging and the zoo gates were open, the kids were all coming inside and they were like, wow, monkey, so nice. And the kids were giving monkey a banana and peanuts and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden now, uh, this guy got so excited, he ate almost 12, 12 bananas and a handful of peanuts. His mouth and his stomach started messed up. So he was swinging, swinging, swinging. And he jumped on the other side of the cage. The other side of the cage was a lion. And he was shouting out, help, help, help. And then he heard a voice saying, shut up. Otherwise, we're both going to lose the job. <laughs> okay. Lift up your Bible and say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Amen. So this morning I want to share something that God put in my heart. If you're taking notes, it's beautiful to, to take notes. Um, I want to talk about holiness, but the way I put it down, I want to talk about be holy, not do holy. And uh, the reason why I want to say is because I grew up, my grandfather was a temple priest, Hindu temple priest, and he gave his life, his name was Bal Subramanian. He gave his life to the Lord. So I grew up in the religious background where I was taught how to do holiness. Then coming into walking with Jesus, also there was a religious background, the religious Jesus called Christianity, which is nothing to do with Jesus. Okay, so the religious Jesus, I came to know about doing holiness. But then later part of my life, I came to realize holiness is not something like A.W. Bolster says, it's not something, a concept that you can take in. It is a person who lives and fills and drains in your heart. So that's, that's the paraphrase of what A.W. Bolster said. Holiness is not a concept to take and learn. He is a person who lives, who fills and drains in our heart. So I want to talk about holiness this morning. And it's going to be interesting because we want to do a massive exploration of the word holiness and we want to find out what really means and how do we live a lifestyle of holiness that's going to attract people. I've said this before and I'm sorry to say this again but I'm not really sorry. We are the fifth gospel. Amen? Four gospels in the Bible but we are the fifth gospel. The word outside has never read the first four gospels but they are an opportunity to read the first the fifth gospel and we are to emulate Christ in and through our lives. Okay. Few scriptures we got to run quickly. Isaiah 6 3, it says this, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. First Peter 1, 15, 16 says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy. Underline the word, be holy in all you do. Okay. Being comes before doing. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Leviticus. Chapter 11, verse 44 and 45 says, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourself and be holy. Underline that one also. 
be holy because I am holy. Do not make yourself unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. That's the word, the Hebrew word we get, kadosh, which means the sacred thing, to be set apart. When we talk about holiness, we tend to think it's something we need to do. I grew up like that, you know. I grew up in a place where when you wear a certain kind of dress on a particular Sunday morning, uh, it, it is not holy, you know. You have to be something that you have to be appropriate. I'm not talking about you have to dress inappropriate, but I'm saying dress code or the hairstyle or the makeup or the jewels you put on defines for a certain religious group what is holiness is. But actually the word holiness is nothing to do with external modification. It's a heart transformation. So in the Old Testament, this is what I want to just a little backdrop. I want to share a little bit about the Holy Spirit. The word Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, it comes and goes. He doesn't come and stays. Why? Because the man was still part of the first Adam. The first Adam, when he missed when he disobeyed God, he actually didn't disobey God, he actually obeyed Satan. Are we clear in this? So when he obeyed Satan, he disobeyed God. So when he obeyed Satan, he actually swapped the masters. The master became not God, Satan. So it was the first Adam, Holy Spirit could not come and dwell. He came for a particular reason, for a particular people group, to deliver a particular message, to solve a particular solution to the problem, to a particular time. That's it. He used anyone. He used a donkey. He used a bush. He used Samson. He used ravens. He used a creepy hand. You might have seen in Daniel 5. You can see anything. Holy Spirit used anyone to deliver a particular message. But he never came and dwelled. We know that. But when the last Adam, you know, our elder brother Jesus, when he came, what he did by the obedience, Philippians 2 says, because of the obedience, he humbled himself unto the cross. God has exalted him, I have all the names. Are we clear here? So what happens here, Jesus came and he restored mankind back into the original design. So now, Holy Spirit has got legal grounds to come, not only to manifest his presence, but he can actually dwell in us. That's what A.W. Dozer says. Holy Spirit is not a concept. He's a person who dwells, fills, and reigns through us. Amen? Isn't it amazing? It's not a concept. It's not something you can do holiness on Sunday morning, a couple of hours. It's not some holiness means I speak some kind of vocabulary when I meet some Christians. Praise the Lord, brother. Glory to Jesus. But then, you have another vocabulary, another kind of set of tongues. But that's not what it means. So the old Adam has a sinful nature, but then the new Adam, we know that, the, the new Adam has the last Adam, we call him, Jesus, he broke the sinful nature. So now, the Holy Spirit has a legal grounds to dwell and manifest. Amen? Are we clear? I'm still on the background because I want to highlight a few things here. But, even though we know Jesus did the finished work on the cross, everything, we are still caught up in the religious activities. What does religion say? The more you do, the better God can accept you. Am I right? 
It's the what's. It's the what's. But before we go into that, I want to give you three important, three things. God is holy and God's habitation is holy. That's heaven and angels. And, and God's creation is holy. Look at someone and say, you are holy. Okay. Some of you are neck pain. I'm going to pray for healing. In Jesus' name, be delivered right now. Pray. Look at someone and say, you are holy. I mean, you are holy. Okay. God never made holiness. God is holy. God create. God didn't say, I'm going to create holiness. I'm going to do it on Sunday, the holy thing. Hello? That's what we have learned from the religion. The religion has taught us Sunday is a holy. That's because of AD 160. If you look at the Greek dichotomy, the church incorporated by the systems of the world and the world said, okay, let's make Sunday as a holy, Monday to Saturday as unholy. That's why pastor is more holy, doctor and officer and engineer, it's a secular job. I want to prophecy over you. If that is your mindset, today God wants to take that away. Whatever God has called you, your vocation is holy because God created everything holy. He never created anything unholy. Amen. So if you are a doctor, if you are an engineer, if you are a businessman, say, God made me holy and what I am doing is holy. Amen. Amen. So, the best example. Okay. Religion on the other hand teaches holiness as something we can do and attain. Kingdom teaches holiness is the awareness of the king who has taken residence in your heart. Amen. So there are two examples I'm going to go through. It's a difference between what is holiness defined by the religious system and what is holiness defined by the kingdom. And we're going we're gonna to look at it. It's beautiful. Two best examples. So this is what I just said. Religion on the other hand teaches holiness as something we can do and attain. Kingdom teaches holiness is the awareness of the king who has taken residence in our heart. So it's not about doing, it's about understanding the one who lives in us. But we have a problem with that because our mind, that's why Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he also said, you are the light of the world. What is world? He didn't say you are the light of the earth. Earth got a light, it's called sun. World, Greek word means systems. That means you are the light of the different systems. In the education, you are the light. Amen. In the business, you are the light. In the area of healing, you are the light. That's what it means, systems. So God calls us, the word apostle, it's not even a religious word. It's actually a Roman word used by the kings to send someone who go and govern the people in the territory and make those people group exactly as the Roman Empire means. That's what word apostle. Today the word has brought in so much religious word. Everybody is an apostle. If you go to some countries, everyone is an apostle. Everyone is a bishop. There's no one a believer. Everyone is a bishop. So I think we have to understand it's not about the word that carries the weight. It's the understanding of what it word means in the original context. So the two best examples I'm going to give is religious holiness versus kingdom holiness because we can understand this with this very clearly. The first one, the religious holiness, the best understanding are Pharisees. Okay? The kingdom holiness, the best person is King Jesus. Amen? So Pharisees, if you look at the Old Testament, there is no such thing word called Pharisee. You will never hear the word Pharisee. You might have a word scribe, Nehemiah, Ezra. You might have the word, but Pharisees, what happened is, after Malachi and the first Matthew, you might see in the white page, 
only one blank white page. But there was a 400 years gap. In the 400 years gap, there is a sect or a new religion came, it's called Judaism. Okay, we don't have time to go into that because that's a whole topic by itself. But the Judaism created what Moses took, 10 commandments, they kind of multiplied it and they had 613 laws. That's why if you go to Israel, you go to Israel, if you go to Israel, yes, they have even Jewish Sabbath stop elevators. Because if you press on the Sabbath day, fourth floor, you're working. So you go and sit, stand there on the Sabbath day, it will stop on every floor. Then you're not breaking. In Dubai, they have the same thing, underground casino. I ask why you're having underground. According to Sharia law, you cannot gamble on the land. So we're going to put it underground. That's what law does. Law always finds a loophole so we can just skip it. Skip the process. That's what it does. So the Pharisees, they were the glorious people. But there are four types of Pharisees. I just wanted to highlight this so we can know what this is. First one is a religious Pharisee. They are more holy than others. And we sometimes have this religious Phariseeness. Hey, my church is more holy. My worship is better. Our, we speak more tongues than you. We have three different kinds of tongues. One pastor came and told me, he said, my tongue level increases breath. Depends upon the mood. But he still beats his wife. That doesn't make Are you still by dowry? Are you still looking at the cast? I cast all my cast upon Jesus. Amen. Only one amen. Amen. Okay, I don't have any cast. My grandfather was Brahmi, my grandmother was Fire, which is a SC. We mixed together and I married a white girl. You know the Kisan jam? That's how I am. It's a mixed fruit jam. That's it. It tastes sweet. That's it. People who come close, that's what they say. Charles family is a lovely family. Am I right? That's it. It's all fruit jam. That's it. Sugar. That's it. Don't eat too much. Second one is a social fallacy. The social fallacy, they say, where they live, what car they drive, what neighborhood they come from. It's all the social fallacy. This is the social fallacy. Third one is a racial fallacy. The color of their skin or caste or race that is better than others. We say, in Tamil they say like this, I don't know other people. I don't know, you understood some of you. So it's kind of like boast about it. One day the Holy Spirit said, I used to say something like that. We are from Tanalvedi, we are from Tanalvedi. One day the Holy Spirit said, you are not from Tanalvedi, you are born in Bello, 47 degrees. Get your act together. So I repented. I don't say where you are from. If people really test me, I tell them. My grandparents are from the south. I'm some Bellurian, proud Bellurian. We are green circle. Amen? Thank you. Appreciate it. And the fourth one, intellectual fallacy. Fallacy. They know more things than others. They are always so proud. What they know, what they have done, where they have studied, and all those things. You know, but look at this context on other side. Jesus. He was the carpenter's son. The stuff didn't define him. The color didn't approve him. Okay? The education didn't qualify him. The neighborhood didn't give him false security. What defined and approved and qualified was not what Jesus does or what he did, but in who he is, he's the son of God and Papa God delighted in him. Amen? 
That's what the word Mark first chapter, it's so funny for me to say. Mark 1 and Mark 16, we have to read this too. Mark 1, the heavens were torn open and Jesus was told by the Father, this is my son. He didn't do any miracle, he was just born. That's it. And then the last word chapter in the 16, the centurion says, after all this happened, when the curtain was open, he says, this is God's son. The religious always will follow after the works. Okay? The kingdom. That's why the Greeks always believed after they saw. But the Hebrews believed what they had in their heart. Amen? So, this is what happens with the Jesus. That's why you want to do a lot of external, a lot of comparisons. So the Pharisees, all of them are external. They have these robes, they have to walk in a particular place, they have to go in a certain place, they have to, you know, make certain, you know, that's, that's sometimes we also have this, like, we, we, we kind of put titles, titles doesn't define who we are, amen? Look at someone and say, titles doesn't define you. The greatest title you have, you are the child of God, amen? The second difference between the Pharisees and Jesus, they were popular. They were part of the Sanhedrin group. What are the Sanhedrin? There are three groups. Sanhedrin are the group of people who had the Pharisees, the elders, and the teachers of the law. These are the ten three things they group off together. There are around 71 people, the high priest and the second high priest, and then the teachers of the law, elders, they're all grouped together. So when the Jesus was integrated and crucified, he went through six kind of trials, three Jewish trials and three Roman trials. So from midnight all the way in the morning, he was actually interrogated. Okay, so the Sanhedrin are the one, they are called, in other words, to put it in, in layman's perspective, they are top Jewish court. They have all the authority except capital punishment. That's why they have to take Jesus to the Roman. Kapish. Alright, so Jesus was not popular. You know, you can be popular. Michael Jackson was popular. That doesn't mean he was influential. Jesus was influential. He was a carpenter's son, but his authority came from above. They talked about holiness. Who? The Pharisees. They talked about holiness. <laughs> and what they... They had 630 laws. I shared with you. Some of the laws... There is a rabbi. You can Google and find out. There's a rabbi named called Alsa. Not Alsa, but Alsa. It's a different... I'm pronouncing it wrongly. But this guy wrote, he said, he, he wrote hundred laws uh, against women. Women cannot testify. You know, if my brother Sunil punches me on my face, and Roshi saw that in the Jewish council, you cannot go and say, oh, Sunil punched me. No, you cannot do that because the testimony of a woman is not even valid. Guess who the first person Jesus revealed himself? Woman. These guys decided they were like bozos hiding. One guy said, I'm gonna fish. And then said, no, let me go with you. That's why Mark yeah, clearly says, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Hello? Because Peter did not even realize that he is actually way off the track. Okay. Till he talked about holiness. There are 613 laws. Yeah, and but he lived the holiness. In fact, he is holy. What does that mean? He had a communion with daddy. You know, light don't talk. It just shines. Hello? Do you know that? Light doesn't say, I'm light, I'm light, I'm light. Look at me. No. Light just shines. The goal of light is not to see the light. It's to see. 
Right? You walk into your room and you turn on the light and you keep looking at the light. What a light. If you do that, probably they will take you somewhere to clarify your mind. Right? This is what I wrote down here, you know. Light uncovers darkness. Jesus was influential, not popular. Success doesn't mean popularity. Success means influential. There was a scenario. Mango tree never takes the fruit to the market. The market comes to the mango tree. Last week, the mango tree didn't come here and say, we will stand outside and we want to pluck it. We all went there. Yes? And we made nice pickles. We had, we went there. That's what it means. Do not seek values. Add values. People will come to you. That's what it means. You know, so Jesus never said, I'm the one, I'm this, I'm going to do this. He never did it. He just lived with, with the communion with the Father and that communion attracted people. The Bible says, you cross the board, you go inside, the word spread in the town and they all came together. Amen. Don't seek success. Seek intimacy. Success will follow you. Amen. Don't look for a prominent place. Just abide in the Father. He will promote you. Amen? Alright, so it's, it's, it's going to get better. Religious Pharisees focus on external modification. All the do's and don'ts. They had so many do's and so many don'ts, people are so confused. They would even measure their walking 50 yards and they cannot go more than that. So what they would do, they would have a measuring stick, they would have this thing, they would go up to 50 and they say, this is where I dwell, from there they will measure another 50. So they are not breaking the law. It's there. They would do so many religious things. And sometimes we look at even ourselves. You know, we have so many religious mindsets. And we, God wants us to break those mindsets so that we can walk in the fullness of the original design. Look what Jesus is focused on. This focus on heart transformation. Zacchaeus. We all know this guy, Zacchaeus. You know, we have a song also. Kundla Sageyu, Mithra You know, we all sing that song. We have this but the word Zacchaeus means pure, innocent. So what Jesus was telling, he was not telling you are nonsense, you are, you messed up. He said, I want to eat with you. What he's taking in, he's taking in, he's, he's taking into the original intention. Eat means communion. I want to bring you to the original destiny, the original destination. Okay. I wrote down here a story of a guy I worked in Amsterdam. I still remember in the first day of that, the DTS, which is uh, called a discipleship training school. And uh, it's, we gather all the students together and we have a corporate worship. And this guy was admitted in this training, but he had a problem with drugs. So he was standing there, he was very arrogant. He was like, oh man, if you really insist, I want 20 euros now so that I can go and buy dope in the worship. You know, we all worship, he said, oh, I surrender. But this guy is worshiping and he's saying, I want 20 euros now. If you are really God, give me 20 euros now. And somebody put a shoulder on his hand and said, Brother, the Lord wants to tell you this. He loves you so much. Here is 20 euros. This guy was on the floor kneeling down. I know you exist. I know you exist. Okay. Let's, let's analyze this a little bit. The religion would say that kind of prayer God doesn't even... Hello? That kind of prayer God doesn't even hear. You know, sometimes we have this modified version that when we come to God, we say, Lord, all family, Father, you come before your presence. That's not how Jesus gave prayer. David says, you know what, Lord? I feel like taking this baby's dash on the walls. 
but great is your faithfulness. Hello? You know, sometimes that's what Jesus said, you know, Daddy, this cup, what I'm going through, sucks. But not my will, you will be done. You understand what I'm trying to say? So, the, the holiness we're talking is nothing to do with externals. It's the heart transformation. I've said this before, I'm going to say this again. Religion focuses on external modification. Kingdom focuses on heart transformation. Amen? Alright, the next one. They shun the problems, shame the sinners. Okay, and this is a big one, so I want to take some time and talk about it. There are four or five areas the Pharisees taught about holiness. Because holiness is not just coming on Sunday. How many of you know? Coming here on Sunday is the most easiest thing you can do because nobody curses here. Everybody puts up a good face. It's a beautiful thing to be here. Praise the Lord, brother. He is God is good. You know, how many of you had intimate fellowship in the car with your husband and wife when you drive? And then when you arrive, open the car, you're like, Hello, brother. The Lord is good. But you have a fight like, you know, snake and mongoose inside the car. The church is the most easiest place to be holy. What is the most difficult place to be holy? It's your workplace. Somebody who flips a finger at your face. And you wanted to show another finger, but the Lord says, Bless them. It's tough. It's tough. It's sometimes it's very challenging in those places. That's what I wrote down here. There are five areas. They shun the problems, shame the sinners. Okay? And there are five areas. There are five problems and five solutions. How these Pharisees dealt with? First one is a moral area. Okay? Moral area. A moral area, everybody knows sensuality. So what is the Pharisee way of teaching? Is don't look there, don't look this, don't do that, you know? Don't do this. All don'ts. You know, I was remember when I grew up, one of my senior pastors, he said, TV Vitlamina, Mulakisasa that means if you buy a TV, the corner Satan will come and sit there. But a few years later, he was actually preaching in TV. <laughs> <laughs> then we have to buy the more of You get my point. It's all about do's and don'ts, the moral area, sensuality. Close your eyes or stone them. I don't know how it's going to go. How did Jesus address the moral area? Through freedom in Christ, through surrender. He said to the Samaritan woman who was saying, My father's worship here. He said, You know what? When I give you the water, that water you drink, you will never be thirsty. The Bible says she came to grab water. You have to read John 4. She came to grab water, but she left the pot and went back because she found out that living water more than the water that she came from. He didn't condemn where he was. You know, go into a sinner and tell them, if you tell them, Drunkard man, people who live in immorality. You tell them, stop doing this. They already know what they are doing. But Jesus never talked about the symptoms. He went to the root, and most of you are medical professionals, and you know what I mean. Symptoms cannot be cured. You have to go deeper. You have to find out what is the cause of it. And that's what Jesus said. You know what? A true freedom. So why don't look at a girl lustfully? It's because my true freedom is in Christ. Amen. The commandments are actually the love letter from God so that I cherish that more. Amen. Second area, spiritual area, emptiness. Fill it up with activities. Sometimes we do that. So many activities that we think these activities are going to fix the problem. It's not. People are still empty. People come to church 
fix, do the church thing, still go back depressed. People do all activities, giving, going, ministry, but still empty. What Jesus did, spiritual area, he said, communion with the Father, discover your own unique design. That means you are not a photocopy. Amen? If you find your unique design, you don't need to worry about what I'm going to please, how I'm going to please. It's, it's your unique design. I'm going to live my life, my unique design. That's it. The third area, social area, violence. So what do you do? More loss. Okay? More loss. I attended a, a seminar in, in Oxford University uh, with my friend and he actually uh, took me to this, uh, this lecture given by a very a prominent person, I forgot his name, but this guy was teaching, he was saying, we in the West, he was talking about the Western Christian world, we in the West, because we left the law of God, now, because we have to incorporate the laws of men, we left the law of God, now as humanistic culture, now we are incorporating the laws of men. You know, do you know, there are so many laws right now in the European countries, so many laws. Now, just recently, just two weeks ago, England made a new law that you can really watch porn. Basically, if you are 12 years old, you can still watch porn. But all you do need is put a special password. And the password, you can get it in any 7-Eleven stores. You just show your ID, they'll give you a password, you can use it. So, it's, as long as it's in the law, it's okay. That's what happened. And that, that's the thing. Because we rejected the law of God, now we have the laws of men to dictate us. How did Jesus address social area? He is by giving them alternatives. What is the alternative we give? Love your neighbor just like way you love. And the, that's the thing. He summarized all this 613 commandments just through. He said, love God, love others. And out of this hangs the prophets and the laws. And everything hangs on it. So the fourth one, financial area, overspending and debt, control and manipulation, temple taxes. That's what the, the religious Pharisees had. But the kingdom, Jesus, overspending and debt, how do you address it? Stewardship and rewards. You know, I want to tell you this, so many Christians are living in debt. I want, this is my prayer. When I think about you and I pray for you, I pray that no one who comes to Papa's house live in a debt. Amen. I, I believe that very strongly. My family made tons of mistakes and we lost properties and stuff like that. And we made, God restored it also beautifully. He restored it. But we lost a lot of properties. What crores and crores of rupees. But then the Lord restored it, but not all of it, partially. But I learned this lesson. I never want to borrow and live the life that I want to live. When God provides, I pray, He pays. Amen. And this, I mean, God has taken me to more than 110 countries. Never once we went into debt. Why? Because He has taught us this principle of stewardship and rewards. And that's the principle we have to learn. Many Christians don't learn this principle of stewardship and they just blow it up. The first 10 days, it looks like Christmas for every month. The last 10 days, it looks like persecution, end times. Thank you, brother. Have you heard that word? Don't in the kingdom, there is no such thing called tight. Amen. Whatever you lose here, amen. Okay, the last one. Physical. How the area of physical area? Sicknesses and diseases. Fought in your life or generational curse. That's what we, the, the Pharisees said. Oh, this guy, why is he new? Is it because of his sin? Or his grandparents' sin? 
What is the how Jesus addressed it? He addressed them by restoring the original design. We don't have time to read Acts 10, but mark it down. This verse Acts 10:38 says, Jesus, the God of Nazareth, was anointed by God, and he went around all over the world and restored everyone who are under the tyranny of devil. And God was with them. Amen. I believe this was 100 percent So that means God always took people into the original design. So now, now this is where you know there is a Tamil saying, "Who make money better than God? Who's going to tie a knot for the cat?" So now this is the big question: What is the million-dollar question? How do we emulate holiness? So we talked about this. Now, how do we? The answer is very simple: We can't. We can't produce holiness. No matter how many conferences you go, how many saints of God lay hands on you. No matter you still stay there in the church, you give offerings, you pray, whatever you do, you can never produce holiness. The only way you can produce holiness is when you start to live the life of Jesus who lives in you. These are the way. Amen. I'll read two scriptures and I'll give you four simple ways to practice this awareness of the presence of God in our lives. Okay, first four uh, verses, Colossians 1 27. God decided. This is from the children's Bible. Sometimes children's Bible is so beautiful. God decided to let His people know the rich and glorious truth which He has for all people. The truth is Christ Himself, who is in you, is our only hope of glory. Amen. What is your hope for holiness? Christ in you. Amen. Christ in you. Sometimes people say, "Then you are in hopeless city." No. Christ in me is the hope of the world. Amen. Christ in me is the hope of Tamil Nadu. Christ in me is the hope of India. Amen. We have to believe this because this is the truth. Look at what uh, Colossians one twenty six and twenty seven. Another translation says, "He has kept the secret for centuries and generations past, but now at last it has pleased him to tell it to those who love him and live for him." How many of you love him? How many of you want to live for him? Yes, this word is for you. The riches and glories of his plan as are for you Gentiles, as we. And this is the secret. Christ in your hearts is your only hope of glory. And then put your hand in your heart and say, Christ is Christ in my heart is the only hope of glory. And then this is the reality. This is the reality, and that's why it's very interesting. Okay, in the Old Testament. Christ was not in. Christ was outside. Moses, when he saw the bush, okay, when he saw the bush, God said to him, "The place where you're standing, take off the shoes." Shoes. This talks about dirtiness. Okay. So now the bush is not outside. Imagine with me. The bush where is it now? Inside. So what are the sandals we have to remove? You know, the religion taught us remove church sandals and come to church. Now we are not removing for that reason. We are removing because we lack of staff to clean this. That's why we remove shoes. But that's what the world taught us. Sandals. How many times we carry sandals inside when the bush is living inside? The living presence of God lives inside. But we keep the dirtiness. We keep the grudges. We keep the resentment. We keep the bitterness. We keep all those things. You know, your heart is holy, and God, Holy Spirit, lives in holy bodies. We can't live like hell on Saturday and expect God to move like heaven on Sunday. It's impossible. It's impossible. 
So what does the sandal represent? Maybe bitterness or gossip or greed or entitlement. Four simple ways. Okay? These are the four simple ways to realize Christ in me. Because we realize many things, right? But we don't realize Christ in us. Okay, this is the first one. Practice daily the awareness of His presence in you and meditating His word. In other words, talk less, listen more. Amen? I have learned this very wrongly in the early part of my walk with Jesus. The longer you pray, the louder you pray, the more noise you make, God listens to you. Hello? Anyone? Anyone saw an skunk? 
is we were in, in Cincinnati and in one place. And I remember my friend's house, and they were going for hunting. And, and they tried to sh shoot a deer, but the skunk was close by. And it spilled the smell. I tell you, for the next two days, no one could. It's the most worst. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain skunk. You have to experience it for yourself. You can Google and write and learn, but. It's worse. It's worse than your armpits that you never took shower for four days. I don't know how deep you can go on that. Skunk. You know what is a skunk? Uh, bitterness is a skunk. Bitter people emulate bitterness for others. That's why I always said, in Papa's house we are allergic to bitterness. Amen. Bring that hurt back to God. Let God be with us. Bless this person. Release them. If you don't release them, you end up resembling them. Amen? Last but not the least, gratefulness is the antidote to be greed and helps us to live a lifestyle of generosity. We get so confused. You know, sometimes like me and the wife, sometimes we talk about like, you know, sometimes why offerings are low, you know, why we have some visions in our heart and it takes a long time, you know, we are nine years here and two years ago, almost two years, this June is going to be two years, we started Papa's house and we've been kicked out from place to place and to get the land, to get one permission, it's like this. It's like we have so many things listed that didn't go well. But you know what? There are so many things, more than the list that didn't go well, that went well. And then it's the thing of the It resides in our hearts. You gave me a beautiful wife, two precious kids, amazing family, friends, in Papa's house. And yeah, the list keeps going and going. Blessed staff, you know, some of them are on the crossroads, they really, we need more stuff. But they came, they joined us, you know. So, create a mental checklist and say, God, I'm thankful for this. You know, it's true, it's hard right now, it's really hard. But thank God we still have fans, we still have a place. Amen. Thank God there is a cooler box that has kept the lemon juice cooler. Amen. We are not going to drink like a coffee, lemon juice. That would be disgusting. Thank God, you know, create that attitude and the more grateful we are, God is grateful for you. Amen.